Hi, my name is Chris Candy, and this is the Never Not Run podcast. Or no. <laughs> or do the NNR for it. This is the Never Not Run podcast. I'm your host, Chris Candy. And I'm Mark Nieto. All right. Episode 24 of the Never Not Run pod. I think it's 23. Damn it! <laughs> Uh, Want me to leave that in? Yeah, leave it in. <laughs> we're on 23. We're on 23 and me, baby. Um, and we're back. Um, we got a lot to catch up on, man. Yeah, we really do. We we started to get into it on the phone today, and I said, no, save it for the pod. Save it. Yeah, so like we all know I can talk a lot on this pod. I want to talk to Mark right now. Mark, what are you up to right now, dude? I am in the midst of training for Canyons 100K, which is at the end of April. <laughs> um, I have a race, like a tune-up race coming up at the beginning of April, so in a month. And yeah, I'm just doing all kinds of runs, strength and conditioning stuff. Uh, just trying to get my body ready for this first kind of, I mean, I technically did an ultra already last summer, the 50 K, yeah. but this feels like a really big jump up. So I'm, yeah, I'm just trying to get, get together for that. Getting ready to rock and roll. Yeah. Um, and I've heard, and you're training with someone, correct? How's that going? Yeah. I, I have a guy who I work with who's basically he came up with like a coaching plan for me. So it's been really nice. It's, I never imagined myself at this stage, <laughs> you know, where I was actually working with somebody who was, um, yeah, who was kind of invested in my, in my athletic success. So, you know, you, last time I think I had a coach was eighth grade. I think so. <laughs> it's just nice to have somebody to like check in with and to get, uh, get advice from. Cause yeah, this is, I've been researching a lot of stuff online, but to go to this level, it takes a lot more, uh, a bigger commitment, you know, more, more work, more financial commitment too. Um, so yeah, it's, we'll see. It's all kind of a big experiment, a big adventure. I love it. And so, and that one takes place where it's the it Red starts Rocks? in, no, no, it starts in Auburn, California. And then it goes, you basically run uphill, like into the mountains. Um, it's on the same course as Western States 100, but Western States goes in the opposite direction. It starts near Tahoe and then you run down into Auburn. So this one starts in Auburn and you run towards Tahoe. Got it. So it's harder. <laughs> yeah there's gonna be a lot more hiking a lot more like i'm gonna be using poles i think at some of the points for the climbs um so yeah i'm just trying to think of it since it's my first one i'm trying to think of it as an adventure and to just see how my body handles it and and if i do this one then it really it'll qualify me for other races in the future some other bucket list races that i have so this is just the next step to Got get it. there I'm watching the last of us right now. And, and it's like, <laughs> you've been infected, baby. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't choose this life. This life chose me. 
That's amazing, man. Well, the the training has been really nice, though. I have to say, that's I think what has been. You have to love the training because if you don't, if you're yeah. doing it just for the, for the trophy at the end, I feel like it's it's not gonna last. So, I like getting out. It gives me an excuse to like go into the trails and, yeah, it's just it's been great. That's awesome, man. But enough about me because you also have a big race coming up. LA Marathon is right around the corner and I have never felt more underprepared for a race in my <laughs> whole life. I, um, for the listeners, um, I'm uh, experimenting with a, a low mileage training program, which in theory is working out great for me. Um, you know, I basically run my normal mileage and then I just add two selected runs in throughout the week do some exercises, some workouts, kettlebell stuff still in there. But it's really just one long run a week. Um, there's one other run that they have. But I missed one week of the training because I got sick. And then I just so happened to poorly plan the timing out. Um, so last weekend, I well, no, actually, I just missed more or less like one long run in one week of training. Um, this weekend, I had my 20-miler mile and then I'll start to taper, and that's about two weeks to get me to LA. Um, I like how you call this a low mileage training plan, but there's still a <laughs> 20 mile run it <laughs> three well, weeks out from it's, it's, the, the it's marathon. Not, yeah, it's not that brutal, like three mile, five mile, three mile, five mile, eight mile for like, you know, 16 weeks. Right. Um, and so, yeah, I, um, I have that going on, and then, um, I really want to say thank you also to Joggy um, and uh, the Juneshine people. We did our first run with them last week on a, what was it? A Thursday night. Super duper fun. I think we're going to be doing it once a month with them. Uh, so if you're in LA and you're listening to this, um, just keep an eye on the Instagram because they really enjoyed us. And uh, I think we're going to keep going back there. So that was super fun to meet all those people. Um and try and explain to them what the hell never not run is. (laughs) Um, But we're more than a podcast, baby. Maybe that'll be our next t-shirt more than a podcast. (laughs) But yeah, it was cool. I I bought my, um, my, uh, my, my marathon shoes today, which Ryan thought was crazy that I have so many running shoes, but uh, I didn't actually have like a good long distance shoe. I've been training in like these ultra Escalantes, which are like a zero drop. They're great for track workouts. They're great for runs up to like half marathon. But yeah, when you get past that, the impact does start to wear on you. And so mm. I'm tr- I do like the the toe box basically on the ultra. So I'm going with their uh, Via Olympia Five. <laughs> Via Olympia Five. Let's look this one up right now. So Which... I went to REI and bought a pair. Um, and they're kind of their maximum shoe. Um, I would have just gone to a Hoka, but I like how they make my toe box feel. Have you tried the wide Hoka yet? I haven't. No. Um, but it's, it's really like the design, like the, just the, the design of ultra is just the design differently than Mm. any other running shoe. If you were to wear them, it's just more kind of, uh, I want to use the word ergonomic. (laughs) I don't know if that's it, but it just, it, your foot feels more at rest. And uh, I, I have really enjoyed running in them. Um, what color did you get? You know what? The store only had Navy and, um, I, I didn't have time to like 
order them online and wait for them to come to try out. I, I really needed to try them in the moment because mm-hmm. uh, I got to get them broken in in, in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's kind of a mad dash marathon training plan for me, guys. <laughs> um, so, you know, we'll see if I, uh, y- you know, just look for the photo on uh, race day. Okay, I'll, I'll finish. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um, but well, uh, I'm glad you're getting out there, though. I was curious because... I noticed everybody last weekend was doing their 20 mile runs like Eagle Rock had their big 20 mile run. And then I was like, oh, Chris, Chris, he really must be sticking to that low mileage plan. (laughs) Well, so this is the other thing too, just like a little hyper local running news here. Um, Like it was raining like crazy in LA last weekend and everyone had to stay in so everybody got their long run in on sunday because there was this window of no rain and everyone hit it that day and it sucked (laughs) it was like it was like the busiest freeway of runners you've ever been in your entire life my normal strand run was just like fully occupied with everybody wanting to get out and get some sun um so i was dodging a ton of people and um you know it was still was beautiful though like you know and this, I think, can lead us into our, our our guest today. But God, man, running is just so fun. It's so beautiful. There's nothing like it. I think when you get that time uh, out there with yourself, wherever you like to go, be it your route or some new route, it is. It just has these these moments that just romanticize you and lure you <laughs> back to the next run. So um, today's guest on the show is Rudy Espinoza. Uh, we know Rudy through our mutual friend, Nicole. They work together at Inclusive Action, which is a nonprofit based in Boyle Heights. And they do really amazing work. Uh, Rudy goes into detail in the, our interview, so I don't want to sum it up too much. But I just think that they have a really great organization. And uh, not long after I met him, we started talking about running. And so I knew one day we had to have him on the podcast because I thought this guy's going to have some good stories and he didn't disappoint. Um, He's born and raised in LA. And so I just feel like he's a perfect guest for, for the never not run pod. He's a perfect candidate to explain why LA is such a great city to run in. And he'll go into detail on on all the different avenues and the culturing, cultural melting pot that the city is. Um, and yeah, it was a great, great interview. So sit back, relax, crack open a can of goo and uh, <laughs> listen to episode 23 of the Never Not Run Pod. This is episode 23 of the Never Not Run podcast. I'm Mark Nieto. I'm Chris Candy. And our guest today is Rudy from Inclusive Action. Uh, Welcome to the podcast, Rudy. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, So first off, uh, do you mind telling us a little bit about yourself, like where you're from and and, uh, maybe share how we came to know you? Yeah, uh, my name is Rudy. I, I um, let's see. Uh, I was uh, born in East LA, and I was raised in West Covina, which is a suburb of LA in, in the San Gabriel Valley. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you know, 
my parents migrated to this country when they were like 18 and 19 uh, separately. And then they met here and um, they had me and my brother. And um, I think a key thing about my background is that my uh, they separated. My dad was actually never really around. He was kind of living his own life and not ready to be a dad. And my mom raised my brother and I by herself. And so uh, I sort of grew up uh, in a household led by uh, a mom that was, uh, you know, an immigrant and that, you know, didn't have a formal education. And that kind of set the sort of um, the tone for uh, a lot of, of my, the ambition around my work. Um, I really got into focus on, I, I started to get a, get a passion for thinking about how we can help people like my mom. And um, I started to ask a lot of questions in my life about why um, some people had a lot of money and most of people didn't. And that really uh, inspired her career and the work that I do today, which is around economic justice. Mm-hmm. And so um, I work at an organization called Inclusive Action for the City. Uh, we are a nonprofit uh, economic justice organization based in Ball Heights on the east side of L.A. Uh, I've been the executive director for uh, almost 10 years, going to be 10 years in mid-March in a couple of weeks. Wow. Um, so, yeah, it's a grip of time. And uh, we are really focused on building strong local economies. And we do it in two ways. We we do it um, f- uh, in through political advocacy. We really believe that the reason why folks are struggling is because there's um, political systems that create these conditions. And so we need to work to change those systems. Um, A lot of folks know us for our work to legalize street vending in Los Angeles and in California. We've been working with the coalition to do that. And so policy work is really critical. We've worked on a lot of various uh, issues with a lot of great organizations here in L.A. Uh, The second lever that we focus on is really around money. And we believe that political change is really important, but uh, if folks don't have resources, they can't even participate. They need money. And so uh, out of the work, um, out of the street vendor campaign, we created a loan fund that has now grown and we provide low interest loans and business coaching to entrepreneurs that can't get resources elsewhere. And, um, uh, you know, we're really proud of that. And we've deployed a lot of money to people, uh, loans and grants over the last few years and, and that's what we got going on and inclusive yeah. action. So anyway, so that's me. I'm a big nerd. I like, <laughs> I really care about my work. I read about it all the time and I'm committed to it. Yeah. Could you like, cause you mentioned the street vendor stuff, but could you give us like a brief history of what that's looked like in LA for someone who's maybe not from around here uh, on how important that culture and, and that uh, economy is to the city of LA? Yeah. I mean, uh, I guess what I would tell somebody that's not familiar is that street vending is Los Angeles, that a lot of people, you come to LA, it's going to be hard for you to not see a street vendor um, in neighborhoods all over the region. Um, You'll see fruit vendors, uh, you'll see folks selling tacos, you'll you'll see a variety of different um, uh, folks that are selling different things. Sometimes they're selling merchandise, you go to a concert, there's folks outside uh, selling shirts and merch. Um, That This is just part of LA. I think part of it is is facilitated by the weather. Um, I think it's also facilitated by the fact that LA is a mixture of cultures. And so people come from different parts of the world where street vending is really vibrant. Um, And so street vending is part of of the fabric of LA. But unfortunately, um, street vending has been illegal for a long time. And so when I got into this work uh, around 2008, 2009, we were doing some research around how folks in our communities were uh, responding to the recession 
at that time. Mm. And we were talking to street vendors and the street vendors were telling us like, Hey, you know, um, I'm doing this cause I need to make a buck. And maybe, I, maybe I have a job, but it's not making enough. I'm not making enough to pay my bills. Um, some folks were like, this is my only job cause I can't find one. Um, and other folks were saying like, I like, I'm a business owner. This is what I do. And they were all telling us that they were struggling with the city and the County. And, mm. and we realized as through the research that even though Vendors are beloved in our city. They were illegal and that there was no permit system for uh, for them to access that would give them some formal status. And so they right. were always running. They were always worried. And that's how the, the L.A. Street Vendor campaign was formed back then. And now if I'm if I'm correct, it, it, there is, I guess, technically a like a city legal way for their vendors on the streets. Um, and I don't, I, I think everyone should just be able to do it, but is, is that something where we're at now as a city? Yes. And so the, in 2008, 2009, we were doing this sort of, uh, you know, research, there was vendors that were approaching some of the, our partners and saying, we need some help. And then we formed the LA street vendor campaign in 2010. Got and it. The, the effort was the focus was let's create a system in LA. And we were successful in doing that. It took us a while, but over over the years, uh, in 2016, we were able, we were successful in decriminalizing street vending, which meant that vendors would no longer get misdemeanor penalties. And then in 2018, the city uh, created a their own their first programs in 2018 and finally got legalized. And then we also passed state policy back then that created a system for vending across California. And then this past year, 2022, uh, we passed another law that focuses on street food vending. So to answer your question, I guess, for listeners, is that um, the work of the campaign and the partners and the vendors themselves has resulted in wins. And so, yes, now LA is now getting, is building a system and, and has laws to say that they can. And so we're, we think that the future is, is bright for vendors. That's great. Yeah. And something you mentioned a little while ago about how it is such a part of LA culture. I, I agree yeah. with too. And I think that it goes against what uh, LA is a very car centric place, right? I mean, there, it's you, a lot of people say you need a car to, to get around, but there is a pedestrianism to LA as well that I think mm. is overlooked. And, and as you mentioned is part of the city. And so I was wondering if you could share your feelings about that and how, um, things that you feel like are representative of a side of LA that maybe people don't normally get to see. Yeah. I mean, I think that LA is a car city. I mean, that's like, I'm an urban planner. I studied urban planning in grad school. And so like you learn about the history of how LA was you know, created. Um, but LA also has thousands of miles of sidewalk and people use them. And, and, um, and LA, uh, I think LA um, is a big city, but it also feels really small to a lot of Angelinos. Like it's not uncommon for you to run into somebody that you know. And and I think, um, you know, I guess one, I guess one thing that comes to mind um, is that Mark is that we have like amazing neighborhoods in LA, right? And even though um, LA is really sprawling. Uh, there, the neighborhoods of Los Angeles, you could find any type of neighborhood in the city. And what, what sort of disappoints me sometimes when folks come from outside of there, they come to visit LA, like they usually stay like in Hollywood or, you know, they, maybe they'll stay on the West side and, you know, it's fine. Those places are good too, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but LA, um, 
there's so many amazing public spaces in neighborhoods in other parts of Los Angeles. I mean, the East side is super vibrant. South LA is, is, is amazing. And there's like all these amazing neighborhoods within South LA that have their own culture. Um, and I think that that's one of the things that comes to mind is like, you know, I always encourage people to like come to the quote unquote real, real LA. You know, <laughs> when, when folks sometimes like, I don't like L.A. Rudy because it's like so many fake people. I'm like, really? Like, I, that's not the people that I'm interacting with at all. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I don't see celebrities on every corner. It's just not what, what I see. I see black and brown and Asian, all different types of people here. And then they, they bring their culture and their food and their businesses here. You know, it's it's, it's a beautiful city. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because, um, you know, to connect this a bit to running <laughs> like mm -hmm. i think one of the um big uh melting pots for me was the marathon you know we've talked yeah. about it all on this pod and and i'm not sure if you you've participated in la marathon. yeah it's yeah. it's it, it's 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 emotional when you see just how many walks of life are are yes. in la and 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 how many different types of people are are, are able to do this and uh, you know i think initially before the course made the crap move to double back to century city or wherever it hell, the hell it is that it ends mm -hmm. now like it truly was a beautiful run that did a really good job at showing um a good sampling of la and that only covers like not even a, a quarter of it <laughs> but yeah. I, I feel like at least within the participants you were able to see all different types of people who are runners and I, I I was curious for you in um in your experience in running and I think to what Mark's talking about, like how has running helped you come to understand the city? I'm like shocked right now that it's been a minute that I've ran it that it doubles back to what the hell? The last <laughs> time I ran it was the last time I ran it it ended in Santa Monica, um, which is a while ago. Um oh that's crazy. I'm looking at the route now. Yeah, it sucks. It, I was running yeah so that's weird so it does double back crazy i think um, it's because it was it's la county and i don't think they wanted to have to like uh spend money in santa monica or permitting to go into the city of santa the, the monica permitted, yeah because the city yeah because it, it it goes through west hollywood which is a different city technically and True. so maybe it was just too hard to go through another city i get that okay but the question was chris like what um how running has helped or Sorry, yeah, like, that. like, how has running got, helped you get to know LA better? I run on the streets, so like, <laughs> I, you know, um, yeah. So I, it, I, um, how does it make? I mean, man, it running to me, man, running means a lot to me in many ways. But um, I think that running the neighborhood where I live, I live in Highland Park, and um, when I get into high mileage, I'll run usually probably south and through Chinatown and like through downtown and um, experiencing any city by walking or running is like, I think the best way to experience any kind of community um, because you could stop and you could look and you, you see things differently than when you're in a car and um, you really get to know streets. You get to literally know like every nook and cranny of a street because you're probably watching to make sure you're not tripping. And like, if you run it every day, you're also seeing changes. Right. Um, you know, you see neighbors, mm -hmm. honestly, like I see neighbors that I don't know who they are, but I say, what's up. And they're like, Oh, there's a dude that's running that runs every time, you know, every yeah. morning around this time, you know? <laughs> so 
I don't know. It's like really beautiful. And I think the LA marathon to me, the last time I ran it, um, Chris, I'm happy that you mentioned it. Like I felt such pride to be an Angelino. Oh yeah. And to go through all the neighborhoods and what I tell the non-runners, so like, how can you do that? And like, I, I don't know why would you would waste the morning doing that. I'm like, dude, it's like amazing. And it's energizing <laughs> yeah. to like go through neighborhoods. And there's all these like random people that are just watching you. And then like people are giving you things to make sure you keep going and applauding <laughs> you. It's like, what? And then yeah. every neighborhood is so different. So then they have their own sort of vibe, you know, yeah. it's, it's awesome. The support is definitely something that is infectious to me. Like I just love, um, yeah, meeting the different groups of people throughout the route. And it's just so, yeah, you said it exactly that. I always, I always tell people though, (laughs) it's to, to kind of talk about, uh, food vendors. There's, I always jokingly say that like LA marathon is like a buffet, you know, you really don't need mm-hmm. to bring any support on that run <laughs> because there's like just food everywhere. <laughs> like even to yeah. the point you, you'll, you'll run by someone giving you chili dogs on that race. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's kind of gluttonous, <laughs> but it's yeah. fun too at the same time, man. Yeah, it totally is for sure. Are you two running it this year or no? Oh, Chris is. Yeah, I'll be there. Chris, you're running. Oh, right on. Awesome. Yeah, we'll see how I do. I've uh, I've been trying like a low mileage training plan, and um, mm. we will just see uh, if that gets me to the twenty six point two in three weeks. But yeah, I got a twenty on Monday, so I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, wow, cool. So, what kind of runs are you doing in the morning? Then, what's your what are your mornings like? How do you like to get up when it's still dark and get out or? Nah, not anymore. Um, I like the idea of that, but usually, mm-hmm. especially now that it's been chilly, like it's a little bit harder. Um, my uh, routine has changed a lot as I've aged. So last year, um, during the pandemic, I put in a lot of miles. Okay. Because that was um, 2020 and 2021 were like the busiest time of my career. At, you know, in my career, but also at the organization, because a lot of people were struggling. And so we were just really busy. Right. And, um, and I was on zoom like all day. And, and then also we were, we had a huge emergency fund that we organized for street vendors. So then if I was on zoom all day, or I was like out supporting the team members as we were like giving out cash to vendors during that time. So, I'm I'm a germaphobe, so like I was really trying to avoid COVID as best as I could. Um, so when I would show up, I was all masked up. So running was like my only moment to be free beyond my house without like, you know, just to be yeah. out and to decompress from all that, from all that sort of mayhem. And I put in a lot of miles in 2020 and then in 2021. And then at the end of 2021, 20 in this past year, my hip was just really jacked and it's, it was hurting like never before. Like I was like, what's going on? And so, um, I went to go see a chiropractor and I was really concerned because I was like, if I lose this, this method of maintaining myself mentally and physically, like what else I got, I don't know what else I would do. And, um, the result was that I needed to work on my core. And then I needed to really put in time into stretching. So long story then is Mark, is that back in the day I used to get up and just go. 
Okay. And now my routine is a lot different. It's slower. Um, I have to get up. I have to definitely stretch. I have core exercises that I do. And then if I have time, I go run. And so right now I'm doing like 15 to 20 miles a week. Wow. So, That's so today, uh, today, did I run today? I don't think I ran today. Today's my rest day. But yesterday I did four. And the day before I did like two and a half. Mm-hmm. And then on the weekends when I don't work, I'll, I'll do longer. And what's a longer run for you right now? A longer run is like eight miles. Great. Yeah. A longer run is like eight miles. Um, like about a month ago, my friend David Diaz is running the marathon. A uh, shout out to David from, from another organization that does amazing work, Active SGV. He was, he's training with his, some of his team members. And so he's like, do you guys want to, you want to come out and run at the road? And I was like, yeah, dude, I'm down. So that day I like surprisingly ran 14 on accident. <laughs> uh, just cause I was like running with them and I was kind of like, didn't really forecast properly, but, um, yeah, that's a, a long run is a like eight, maybe 10. That's still good mileage. Do you remember the first time you ran a mile when you yeah. like were a kid when you was it during PE or were you just out? Yeah, playing? it was the dream PE. So when I was a kid, um, I was a really overweight and like, uh, I'm still an introvert, but like I was very introverted and, um, I was just a nerd kid. I was like straight A student, like in the books, chubby kid. And then in junior high, um, I was like embarrassed to do like PE. Like I didn't want to like undress myself in the gym or whatever, you know? So, um, I was trying to figure out how to get out of it and I couldn't, but you know, the only PE thing that I really liked was that my PE was at the end of the day, which I was happy about because then I could just go home after. And they had a program in my junior high called 100 mile club. And so the way, the way, the way it worked is that if you run three miles every Wednesday at PE, by the time you finish junior high, you, you would have reached a hundred. This sounds like some David Goggins PE. Yeah. Class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, get, this. Get, get, get this, right? So you, they give you things though. This is like the program at the junior high. If you hit 50, you get a t-shirt since 50 miles. <laughs> so I'm like, I like this stuff. So I, I only want to do races where I'm going to get a medal, you know? So mm-hmm. it's like the t-shirt and then there was like 75, you get the medal. And then at the hundred, once you finish junior high and then you've done your three miles every week, you get the hundred mile shirt. That's like the gold. And that's like, not everybody gets that shirt. Right. So I was, I guess that was the beginning of me sort of realizing that I'm kind of goal oriented. And, um, even though I was like kind of this overweight chubby kid and not athletic at that time, I was like, dude, I want to, I'm following the directions of my teacher and like, I want to get that shirt. <laughs> you know? So that's when I started running in junior high. And then I just kept going cause I liked it. I was like a big kid, but I was like, yo, I, I have endurance. I could mm-hmm. do this. I'm not going fast, but I could finish three miles. That's amazing. Do you still have it? Nah, I don't. Uh. That would have been cool. <laughs> a little vintage shirt right there, but no, I don't. <laughs> so then, then how do you get into, well, I have two questions. Like, um, I'd love to know like what your days were looking like during the pandemic when you're kind of logging some fun miles just out of curiosity, but then what took it from like just kind of casually doing it to like, let's apply this goal oriented self to like a race. What was your first race? 
what was my first i don't remember it must have been a half marathon um i want to say long beach okay i don't recall um i should know that right chris that's weird i don't i don't remember my first race I, I have a lot of medals though, so maybe I could just look, but, um, <laughs> like I've kept those medals, the ones in my, in, in my adulthood, but, um, well, just explain that experience. Kept... Yeah. Explain that experience getting into the competitive races. I mean, competitive with a small C, like it was dope. Like it's awesome, you know? And the night before you're super nervous totally. and like, you don't really sleep that well. Um, like you're really concerned, like I'm concerned about like, okay, like what do I eat? And like, am I, you know, I want to be light. I don't want my stomach to be full. Um, you know, do I drink water? Do I drink coffee, a banana? Like I, nothing new. Cause they tell you not to have anything new. So I'm like, okay, I have to have my, my routine down. And then you, you get out there and it's cold. It's like, yeah. it's like freezing. And, um, and there's like a lot of nerves and then you start running and then it's awesome. <laughs> like, <I don't> know. <laughs> um, it, the, the addiction and it becomes an addiction. And, right. uh, when, when I was in undergrad, I was living on the West side of LA, uh, or knowing when I was in grad school, I was living on the West side. And, um, I would, I also joined up a running club. And so then that also kind of accelerated the, the running and the, the, the sort of the, the addiction to like doing races and so i was running with the group that i'm sure they're still around in santa monica called the la leggers oh yeah i see them all the time yeah so they they their club is like oriented around the la marathon to get ready for the la marathon and so like i would go out there every saturday i believe yeah every saturday morning and it was cool and it was all these strangers that i didn't really know but like everybody was like super nice like you're a runner okay what pace group you're in awesome and then yeah i made some friends there it was cool you know so there's a culture around racing it's not just like going to the race like it's a culture you know for the listeners that don't know too the la Lagers might be one of the like coolest run crews in la it's also there's some pretty adorable run crews going on with like some like elderly people who are like in their 60s who are like just getting through it you know 60s isn't even old anymore and no, yeah, i guess not, not. that's like that's the ultra run yeah. uh, age right there yeah you know? the truth <laughs> i just know that they are uh like a very dominant force on a saturday when you're out at like the santa monica beach trying to get miles mm -hmm. in because they're just like they, they, get, over. they got shirts and everything i have my shirt yeah. I, I don't know where that shirt is either but like yeah like they have shirts which i was like oh, i get a shirt that's great I'm here you know <laughs> yeah they're the they're the the godfather of run clubs i think they've been doing it forever too they might be one of the longer running ones in la yeah that's the I, goal i think is to get to that level where you can be you know hitting long runs every weekend well into your you may not be going fast but even just totally just getting out there and and getting on your feet is is important mm -hmm. there's so many run clubs now i i was doing something a couple weeks ago and the the june shine thing the joggy thing mm -hmm. and i was listening to all the um runners there talk about all the west side run clubs and there's like mm. like there's like nine in venice alone <laughs> i was like oh my god well, wow. well i'm I'm also kind of like not like I, la leggers to me was like i was involved in that so i i have first-hand experience of how cool they were nice um but like 
I feel like there's way cooler ones that I see on Instagram, like like Blacklist and all these ones like the downtown. Like I'm just like those people are dope and like if I had time or was like less introverted, I would like want to go, you know. But um, like yeah, they seem like awesome, you know. It's like all these like beautiful people, like young, hanging out, going for runs after work. It's cool, you know. Have you gone on uh, a run with Boyle Heights Bridge Runners? I haven't. I haven't. I have friends that are in that too. Um, I'm just shy, dude. After work, you know, it's the it's the truth. It's <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think I I think at work I'm just like on and like I'm like really you know locked in. And then after running has become now uh, a refuge. It's certainly right. during the pandemic, it was just like a moment of like this is a, my time and I might listen to a podcast or listen to music and I'm just going to run, you know, for people that aren't from LA, if somebody was coming in to visit and you wanted them to, you really wanted to impress them and win them over, where would you tell them to run? Like what would be your ideal run to, for somebody? Wow. The ideal run. That's crazy. I don't know. I don't know. He has the hard hitting questions. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know. I guess if I think about neighborhoods, um, I would think like, I would think um, Silver Lake Echo Park. I would think, um, I wouldn't think Hollywood. I would think um, Koreatown. I would think Pico Union. Like Pico Union might be dope to run through. Yeah. I haven't run, I haven't run through Pico Union, but I, you know, I walked it, but like it would just because there's a lot of historic buildings, there's yeah. like a lot of activity on the street. Um, so you may not even, you may have to like jump on the, the roadway for a little bit to get through. It's just cool. There's just a lot of stuff. You wouldn't be bored, you know, East LA, of course. Mm-hmm. Have you ever done like the Bologna Creek or um, LA river runs? I haven't. No, actually, that's a lie. I did do an LA River run, I believe, one time. That was cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Bull Heights. Yeah, Bull Heights. It's like, that's easy right there. You know, it's like, it's nice. It's beautiful. Like, there's some, um, it, it depends on, I would ask the person that's new to LA, is like, what type of, do you want to be like in with big buildings or you want to be in residential? And that might help, you know, because Bull Heights is like single family homes. It's like a little bit lower in height. Um, you want to be in city, you want to be with bodies of water. It's like, let's go to MacArthur park or silver Lake or echo park. Of course, that's beautiful. You know? Right. Is there any races coming up for you? Anything you're working towards? No, there isn't. Uh, sometimes when I'm like, um, running long, like homies will be like, Oh, what are you training for? I'm like, I don't know the revolution, I guess <laughs> I haven't, I haven't identified a race. <laughs> um, I do want to, like, I was kind of thinking about the marathon this year because my hip was feeling a lot better, but I didn't get the training in in time. And so I didn't, I don't want to hurt myself. What about a bucket list race? Is there any, if you have any international places you'd want to travel to, to run in? I'd love to go to Japan and run. Um, I am interested in ultra runs. That's a bucket list for me. Mm-hmm. Pick anyone. Like I wanted to be on marathons. And um, I have a buddy of mine, uh, Brian, who is uh, ultra. He's an ultra runner. I haven't talked to him in a minute, but like I admire him a great deal because he runs like 100, 200 milers. And just the, 
the preparation that it takes and like the mind, the focus of the mind it requires is like so interesting to me. And I would love to do one just yeah. to see how it feels. It seems like they're like, they're like facing death in, in the eyes, you know, <laughs> but then, and then after they like barely survive, but they're like, I'm down, let's go again. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a Dean Carnassus quote where he says something like, if you want to talk to God, run an ultra marathon, but I think yeah. you would do really well. I think it, it seems like it would, it would suit your urban planner brain, you know, cause you'd have to mm -hmm. get your nutrition dialed in your pace, all your equipment, all of that. It, you know, you, it, it really is a, it's switches over from being just physical into being a, a mental thing where if you can get over, cause you're, once you have control of your body and your body just says like, okay, we're doing this, we're going to keep going. We're not stopping. Then it just, it's totally mental at that point. I think that that's one of the things that I like about running too, that, um, like it's, that's, you can be, you know, like you see where you guys are talking about being 60, like some ultra runners are older, you know, and mm -hmm. like, they're still like knocking it out. And so like, that is kind of exciting that, uh, running is, um, you could be an amazing runner and, but it's really, it's less about your physical ability, but more about your mind. You right. Know? Yeah. I I've in training for LA, like this is a perfect example of the mind just like dominating me in a race or in a run. So I, I had to do a 14 mile training run last weekend and I was doing pretty good. And then I got to 13 and I, I didn't bring any water with me. I just like stopped off and bought a Gatorade somewhere. And then at 13, I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to wait for one minute and then I'll start and finish this last mile. And I saw a runner pass by me and he like kind of said, I oh, could tell I was like training and he like said, what's up? And then I looked at his hand and he had a water bottle and I didn't have mine anymore. And I immediately like panicked. I was like, oh, you're dehydrated. <laughs> and I was, uh -huh. but the, but I could have easily run one finish. more mile. So I walked got more to drink and then I finished it. But it was the perfect example of the mind just going like, nope. And, you know, I don't want that to happen often, but it, it was exactly that, you know, what we're talking about, how the, it is, it's, it is mind over body. Cause your body could put up with a lot, you know, it doesn't want your to do it forever. Can. Yeah. I think it helps me in my work. Um, right. Like I, I, I think that, um, on tough days or where there's like a lot of overwhelming things happening. I'm just like, it's a marathon. It's like, what's my pace? Mm -hmm. Take a walk break if needed and get back in and don't lose the rhythm. You know, um, it's really helpful to me. It really is. It's that's why when I was like feeling hurt last year, I was like, Oh my God, I need to, <laughs> I need to really prioritize my body in a different way now because I can't not as young to just be able to get up and go run. I have to stretch and, Right. I have to work on these other, I have to lift weights, I have to do these other things. Otherwise I'm not going to be able to maintain this well into my, my life, you know? Well, one of the last questions that we ask all of our guests is what's their runner's high. So for you, how would you describe the runner's high? It's a feeling of it's like a, it's like a feeling that you're so powerful, you know? And it could, it comes usually for me, it comes like it, you're already at least past mile six, you know? Um, and there's like a feeling of like, oh my God, I feel amazing. 
and my I feel like my I'm sure my form is beautiful right now and like if I'm listening to music there's like an amazing track on I'm just like dude anything is possible you know and um it's dope dude it's just so cool it just I don't know I don't, I don't know what to say it just feels amazing um but then it also like can be translated into other parts of life you know yeah you bring it and you're like, man, that was a good run. And like, I'm happy. And you, I see my partner. Hey, how you doing? It's good. I had a great run. And like, my day's good. I'm ready to do this. You know, <laughs> what you were talking about makes perfect sense. Like, um, and I, I definitely appreciate you saying like running really informs the work because you do really important work for Los Angeles. And, and, um, you know, if people are looking to get involved in some of the work you do or, or check out more info on it, like what's the best way for them to do that? Um, I think that, you know, it's as easy as just going on like our Instagram inclusive at inclusive action, um, or our website, inclusive action.org and, and just tapping in and sending us an email, email info at inclusive action.org. Um, we are looking for people we are looking for friends um, some friend we're looking for friends that, uh, are, that care about this work. We want to build a, like a, a big tent of people that have different skills and expertise that care about economic justice and they care about street vending, but might also care about other small businesses and care about micro lending. We're doing some cool stuff around real estate acquisition. And so I don't know, we're just looking for folks. So it's just easy just to tap in and reach out. I get notes from like that weekly from people that I'm interested in the work. Can we connect? And I always say, yes. So that, that invite is open to everybody, especially runners. Love it. Hell yeah. Maybe we can get like a never not run, uh, hybrid run with y'all. Cause that would be super fun. Yeah. Dope. I, I am. I have, do I have any runners on my team? Not really, but I'm always telling them we could. (laughs) (laughs) So our, you know, one, one last thing is our office is in Boyle Heights and, um, one of the coolest places to run, I think, is at this around the cemetery. Mm-hmm. And so our office is a block away from Evergreen Cemetery. And um, the neighborhoods of LA have an interest, each one has an interesting history, but Boyle Heights doesn't have a lot of green space, like a lot of neighborhoods of color. And so uh, people have over the years have created, have created basically a running trail around the cemetery because it's the longest uninterrupted piece of sidewalk on the east side. Mm. So after 5 PM, you'll see people running and walking after work, you know, just residents and it's dope. I think it's about a little bit over a mile around, you know? So anyway, you could run anywhere in the city. Well, I think that that'll be the run we do. <laughs> Sounds yeah. good. Yeah. Well, thank you again, Rudy. Thank you. For thank you so much for coming on the show. Yeah, of course, Mark. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Thanks, Chris. Chris, good luck. Good luck thank on you. the 20 mile of this weekend. Thanks, brother. I appreciate it. Right on. See you guys.